All right, how's it going, everybody? Uh, today we have on Steve Hall. Steve is the founder of Revive Stronger. Uh, he also runs the Revive Stronger podcast. Um, do you have any like um, certifications or, or degrees as well? I, I, I never um, checked in on that. So I actually, I do have a degree. Yeah. Uh, so I have a, oh, it's, it's funny because you don't even ever talk about these things because they mean nothing in the world of like the job I'm doing. So I did geography with business at university. So I got a two one, I think, but that's like a, a bachelor's. So I'm just gutted. I don't like talking about it anyway, because I wanted a first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, do you think? And then, oh, yeah, go sorry, ahead. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm a qualified personal trainer. Um, yeah. So I have that qualification. Nice. But outside of that, like, it's that, that's just kind of high up as my qualifications. Yeah, go. yeah. I mean, I, and I don't think it, you have to necessarily have a degree to be able to help people in this, um, in this space, right? Uh, like, I've heard a lot of people talk about it. And it's like a lot, a lot of people, I think even Mike said that, like, he didn't really have any applicable knowledge um, until he was at his PhD level, which is like, it's pretty high up to be able to, yeah. you know, that's a large investment up front, but um, that's awesome, man. Uh, and so I was speaking with Steve before we got on here. And uh, I mean, part of the reason why I got out of like the bro science spaces is I found his podcast probably like three or four years ago uh, with doc Dr. Mike Isertel. And um and it's helped me tremendously uh, as far as like, I mean, it put me down this path of, 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 of uh, you know, having a more evidence-based approach to what I do, um, which, you know, has done unspeakable things for me as, as a bodybuilder. Um, so uh, basically, I, I kind of want to just talk a little bit about uh, your background, Steve, how you got started um, and what led you to start uh, Revive Stronger as well. Cool. Yeah, it's it's always incredibly humbling to hear people who have like listened to the podcast for a long time. And the fact it's actually made a difference. That's why I started the podcast was like, yeah, there's people like Mike who maybe, I don't know, now loads of people know him and he's got a big name, but at the, right. at the time, I don't think he was reaching that wide an audience. Certainly not the people I was talking to. Yeah. And like, you know, he's an incredibly <clears throat> smart guy. So it's just like, right. it's awesome that you found that and then you've taken it and you found it to be helpful. That's like, that's why I did it. So right, right. it's great to hear that. Something about like, like Mike or yourself is, is, is you made the information approachable and digestible. And that's something that it always intimidated me prior. And um, that's, you know, part of the reason why I didn't uh, approach it. And, and I found you guys and, you know, it was like, wow, like this is actually like, you know, this is interesting. This is, is not something that they're not speaking over my head all the time and using these, this terminology that I'm not super familiar with. Um, and it made it very approachable. So yeah, definitely it was huge. That's great to hear. Yeah, I guess, um, I don't know how far back you want to go, but I guess what's nice, I, I guess it's useful to talk through at least where Revive Stronger came from, because I think yeah. not many people are aware of kind of what that name means, because there's loads of, I, I see it all the time, it's like a Revive drink or like a Revive bar, and I'm like, oh, it makes yeah. sense, like recovery, that sort of stuff. Right, right. So people might just think it's just kind of random, but uh, when I was at university studying geography uh, with business, uh, I was doing like, I do everything. I was like playing football. I was doing rowing. I would run, uh, I'd weight train. So I'd been weight training since I was like 15 years old. Uh, but I don't like to say I've been training for like <laughs> over 15 years now, which I, I officially have been, Yeah, yeah. but it wasn't taking it kind of any degree seriousness at that time. I like to think I probably was, but I look back on like, you really didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, but one of, whilst I was at university, uh, I was doing one of these like 10 kilometer runs I would like always do. And I'd just be, I had my Garmin watch on, had this kind of Garmin like heart monitor strap on. And you could like watch, like as you're running, you could see like your previous best. And it was like a shadow. It could kind of track you via GPS. It was like really cool. So yeah, yeah. Uh, just part of my mentality was like every time I'd have to beat myself every single run. Right. And I came to some traffic lights. And they're flashing amber. So it was a case of, I was like, right, I've got to go. Cause I'm just like, just beating him legs across the road. And then I got hit by a van. So uh, I got like a small concussion initially and I fractured my skull and I have some scars across like my back and my arm. Uh, but that was not really the worst of it. I was yeah. then in hospital for about a month. I think it was. Uh, and it was essentially held in there because they think it was a bruise. Uh, hypothalamus or pituitary gland within the brain, which just controls a bunch of hormones. And I just had uh, low sodium. Yeah. So they wouldn't let me out because I was at risk of seizuring all the time. So 
when I eventually was allowed out and I was on diuretics to try and keep that down. And I can remember I was on a fluid restriction of 250 mils of water a day, which is like this tiny little amount, which yeah. I used to just put in this little bottle. And I had to be careful. Like I couldn't eat like watermelon or like have soups or like I wouldn't have milk on like cereal and stuff. So my diet was like dry. Uh, otherwise I'd just be at risk of having my sodium levels go too low. Sounds horrendous. So yeah, it was a really depressing time to be quite honest. Uh, And like I said, I'd been weight training since I was 15. So I had a bit of muscle mass, which I lost like all of it in hospital. Uh, I always laugh, like the easiest way to lose all your gains is basically barely eat and don't train. And I just like, I think I lost like a couple of stone or like uh, over 20 pounds in hospital lots of water weight and things as well. And kind of obviously like food weight. But, um, as I came out, I was super underconfident and I was like, oh man, I'm so skinny. I like was like the skinniest I've ever been in my life. It was kind of crazy. And so I think I was like at five foot 10, I think I was under 140 pounds at five foot 10, which is like ridiculous since I'm standing here at like, uh, nearly like 175 pounds, five foot 10, yeah. but like shredded <laughs> uh, compared to where I was previously. Yeah. So anyway, I started kind of looking, I, I was weight training, but not properly. So I started looking for better information. And so I stumbled across people like Alan Aragon, uh, Lyle McDonald, those sort of people who had kind of their blogs or they had bodybuilding.com, uh, the forums over there. And I started kind of learning better information and kind of, I came across like Matt Ogus and some of the early kind of YouTubers uh, from back then. And he put me across to like Eric Helms in terms of like, he was coached by Eric Helms at the time. And I was like finding this knowledge. I was like, man, I can do what I tried to do before the accident in a way better way. So I started like putting on all this weight and kind of learning more and getting better at all of that, uh, which is where I might kind of real interest and passion moved into like bodybuilding and I think it was probably Matt Ogus who was like, because he was competing as a natural bodybuilder. I was like, I, I got to do that. I got to take this to stage. So um, yeah, it was a case of 2014. I, I took it to stage. In that year, I also transitioned from my office job. I was working to be a one-on-one PT. So whilst I was working the office jobs after I graduated from university, I um, kind of did weekend courses to become a personal trainer. And then I personal trained for maybe a year it was not even probably a, a full year because you probably know have you done one-on-one pt dylan yeah yeah, i do it now yeah that's what you do cool yeah so you know how much like energy it draws from you yeah yeah uh, and you have to be really on it and as a like first time pt i'm also not the most confident and kind of shy and introverted which probably yeah. isn't a great com- kind of combo for that and then dieting for the first time for a bodybuilding show, oh, yeah. I was just like, had no energy and I had no idea of like neat or anything like that. So I was just sitting down all the time. <laughs> People were like canceling their like PT sessions. I was like, thank God, I didn't want to do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it kind of drew me to online stuff. Right. At the time I had an online coach uh, who was taking me through it and I was like, oh, maybe I can just like help people online. So there was like kids from surrounding schools seeing me get shredded. And they were like, how are you doing that? So this is me introducing them for the first time to like macros and like you should train mostly compound lifts, like good form and stuff like this. So I started coaching some of them and essentially I turned that kind of bodybuilding journey and that kind of route to kind of being a personal trainer and then online coach into like a business. And I called myself, it was at the time revived with Stephen Hall, uh, but I've changed it as I wanted it to become bigger than like my name yeah. uh, to revive stronger. So that's all to do with kind of that reviving stronger from the accident that had me in a position where yeah I was at risk of like I don't know something worse could have happened and right. I, I took it to stage and was in the best like health of my life and like I had more muscle mass than I had ever had in my life and that's why I competed for the first time as well in terms of I wanted to prove to myself I could get down to those lean levels and yeah. recover out and my body could do it because I was right. always like is my body healthy now? Is it like, can it function normally or is it just fucked up? Right. Uh, so uh, yeah, to be able to do that and then come out and recover and be normal again, uh, it meant the world to me. And I, from that point on, I didn't feel like a, it was like bulletproof, but I was like, fuck, if I can do that, I can help loads of people do that. And there's loads of people that feel like they can't and they can. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of the birth of my passion for bodybuilding and uh, Revive Stronger. Yeah. So that, that's awesome. Um, a, a couple of things I wanted to touch on. Um, did some of that fear. So 
so I don't know. You didn't touch on this. I don't think um, that that's that you that 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 damaged your pituitary also damaged your your um, your hormones uh, as well, right? Yeah. So, so sorry. No, go ahead. So I don't know. Uh, I I can I end up talking way too long about that backstory, but yeah, one of the issues I had was not just the low sodium because once that was recovered, I then noticed other problems. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know how long that took, but it took a long time to recover kind of my um, sodium levels where I could drink normally. Um, but then at that time I was kind of gaining a lot of weight and I found I had lumps under my nipples. So I developed, I didn't know at the time, but it was gyno. So I went, I went, got it checked. They were like, it's, it's not anything to be super concerned about. It's not cancerous or anything. Right. Let's get your testosterone levels checked. And they were like, like at the bottom, like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, my estrogen was way too high. And so, uh, they, they prescribed me TRT, uh, which I actually was on, I think just under a year, I ended up being on a course for, um, it always feels like it was shorter than it was because it doesn't feel like ages, but that, that changed my life. Um, like it was huge. Um, I was like massively depressed, no libido. Like I didn't think, cause you've, it's like your new normal. So I didn't think any of it was weird. I was like, I'm a 20 year old with no libido. Like that sounds ridiculous to say it, but back then it just wasn't even a, I was just focused on my work and my bodybuilding and didn't care about it. Right. Um, so it got rid of the gyno. Um, and that's the same time I was like, but I want to do natural bodybuilding. So I asked to come off the TRT, which they thought I'd be on for life. Apparently a lot of people are since kind of talking about this yeah, people yeah. come to me. They're like, how the fuck did you get off TRT? I'm like, because my case is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, bruised pituitary gland and it, I guess it healed itself. So um, yeah, I obviously you can't be on TRT and compete that's in natural, natural yeah. shows. Like you, right. you can't do that. Not even like a medical exemption. Like yeah. it's like, that's, it's kind of, people should understand that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but having come off it, that was my medical, like some federations would allow me to compete with a like doctor's note and like the medical exemption. Um, and like all my like blood work was like, you just brought myself to normal levels or what have you past the polygraph, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but some federations wouldn't. So, uh, but now I'm nine years free. So now I can compete in some of those federations, which yeah. is just kind of funny. Um, right. So yeah, that was part of the process, which I guess is interesting to you because that's kind of your like, the enhanced side to like your wheelhouse. Whereas I'm like, that's my only experience with that. And- yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But <laughs> it, it does give you some perspective too, right? A, a little yeah. bit. Obviously, they weren't putting you on enough testosterone to know what it feels like to be like, you know, super. I can't powerful. imagine even what it feels like. It must be crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. I remember I my like libido was just like. <laughs> yeah, it honestly doesn't feel like uh, it, it, it probably comes with more negative effects than anything. Like you definitely get stronger at a faster rate. You build muscle at a faster rate, but it's like. You also, when you start dealing with like super physiological amounts, you start dealing with like anxiety and, you know, I can uh, see that. And, and then obviously like some of the certain compounds will affect you directly mentally where you like get like some sort of like, not like a psychosis, but you, um, you're very irritable and, and you're quick to react to things and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's, it's honestly sometimes burdensome. Like, it's not really like people like, like idolize, like they, uh, put like cycle, some, some people do like put the, put taking stuff on like a pedestal especially if you've never done it and it's like it's not it's there's a lot of things you got to manage it costs a lot of money like not not to be like this guy that like you know just talks down about it but it's like if, if i didn't have to for for my sport i wouldn't right it's not yeah. like something that's like great um i think people miss that like if if, it, if anything you know an hrt amount is where you feel the best and then it's just like beyond that you just deal with a ton of extra crap but um so yeah i was curious like I have a lot of, of, um, you know, younger kids come to me and, um, they, they like, if, if I just feel like if someone were in your situation, they'd be like, okay, I'm just going to do enhanced bodybuilding. I'm already on, I can just increase what I'm currently on. It's not going to be like, you know, it's like, obviously there are health trade-offs people don't necessarily accept those, but like, I mean, what made you want to stay like true to natural bodybuilding, right? Like, yeah, I think weirdly enough, like, I'd love to be like, I don't know, I'm just not that. It, it, I'm, it's not like oh, I thought natural is like, this is the, the way to go. Like, yeah, yeah. Know, you know, you know, it's like natural warriors. It just wasn't even a thought in my mind. Like, I know you said your background was like uh, Flex Wheeler and that's how you kind of got into it. Yeah. Mine was like, I had no awareness really of the enhanced side. Mine yeah. was all through like social media and through Matt Ogus and 3DMJ. So I actually grew up with an interest in the natural side. 
So I didn't even, it didn't even come to my mind to think, oh, I could increase the dose and like get huge and jacked. It just wasn't even like something that came into my head. So, and I largely think that's down to my kind of environment as well. People will ask me like, why do you stay natural? Like you could gain, I don't know, however much you gained in the last five years in like one year. And I'm like, I think it's largely environment. I just don't have anyone, like I don't have any friends who, I mean, no, none of my friends are even really into bodybuilding, like close friends. And I've never been like, I don't know of anyone who's like, I've never seen someone do any of that stuff. And yeah, yeah. so it's just, I think it was in my close environment. Like, I don't know, I lived next door to Mike or whatever. Like I was like one of your friends, maybe it, it would be something yeah, like, yeah. oh, I can see how you're doing this and it's safe. And like, I mean, you look incredible. Like I love the look of enhanced guys. Like it's, right, it's right. cool. Um, but yeah, now it's just a case of, don't know, I've kind of built a business off that and I can get everything from the sport of natural bodybuilding that I think I could get from the enhanced side. Yeah. And I tend to see myself as a bit of a all or nothing type of mentality. So I worry that if I went that way, I'd end up doing things I maybe shouldn't. I like to think I'd be clever about it and like be mature about it, but maybe I'd take some risks that wouldn't be good for my overall health and well-being in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I, I think you're right environment is has a lot to do with it right I, I think yeah there was more people around me it was a little more socially acceptable in in my space um but i mean i i still think that's awesome in in the regard that like i mean you, you also like have a certain amount of like i built this business natural bodybuilding and you know i help probably a lot of natural athletes too so maybe that's something that you're like how oh, maybe you know i yeah, I guess it's just something you're just like, doesn't really, because in my mind, I was like, that temptation must have been there at some point, right? Like he's, but it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't even in, in yeah, a factor it, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd seen like after I, what I like realized as I wanted to compete naturally, like I realized, oh, like I can't like that because I took that, I can't compete but now I'm off it. And then it's like, oh, now if I go back on or like, like I've seen, like I had old sachets, like the Testo gel sachets or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I had some left, like just in my room at home. And yeah, I'm like, this is so weird. This is here. Cause I could use this and it would make me like, I don't know, I'd get some better results short term. I'm like, right. then I couldn't compete naturally. That's about the closest I've been to like, yeah, yeah. should I try something? Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know why it's just never, I think it's just largely not been on my radar. Yeah. And I actually have no idea the first, like, I don't even know where to source it. Like I know in the UK, it's like, we're allowed to take it and it's like, yeah, whatever, yeah. it's not a bad thing, but I don't even know where I go. Like, especially yeah. when I was that young, I was probably just too scared as well. I think, I think there's probably like a, I don't know if there's a slight personality type that tends to go that route. There probably is like to some extent, but I'm always like, I'm just a very risk averse person. So yeah, I, probably, yeah. I mean, that partly drove me not that way. <laughs> long-term that's probably uh, safer anyway. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's smart that you made that decision. Um, but I wanted to touch on this. So, so as a natural bodybuilder, and this is something I always respect tremendously about natural bodybuilders is it, it does, especially in, in the environment we have today, we have social media. Um, it does require a tremendous amount of patience especially seeing these people who like, you know, they make like the gains that you make in a year and, you know, like a half or a quarter of the time. Right. Um, does that, does that ever cross your mind? And do you ever have to deal with people who, um, <clears throat> you know, ever, anybody ever come to you where they're like, Hey, like, you know, they're maybe a little impatient with their progress as a natural athlete. Yeah. I've, I've definitely had it a few times with people where they are like impatient, and it can be challenging because there will be coaches out there who don't openly talk about that they have enhanced clients and they put these results out there and yeah. then you'll get people coming to you and like, why aren't I achieving this? And you're like, well, I can't guarantee it, but they gained 10 pounds of muscle and lost 10 pounds of fat in a month or something. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know, right. something, something that's just like, it's just not a realistic expectation as a natural. Uh, but yeah, for me, I don't know if it, I just, I, I am very much a person of routine and just continually following that and just being consistent. I, I'm not sure my life would change to a huge degree if I was on or off, like in terms of my job and like the amount I train and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's just like doing it, but at a slower pace. Right. And I've just got used to it and comfortable with that. So yeah, it's, you're asking quest- good questions that I guess I, I don't even spend time thinking yeah. about. It's just That's- not even maybe an, even an option. It's just like, I just... I have at times thought about it and then I'm just like, but 
like what why would i like it's just a whole and i think people underestimate the amount of like there's a lot to learn i find even about training nutrition and like recovery sleep all that stuff and then man this whole different world like when i hear oh. broderick or someone talk about anabolics i'm just like i don't even what what was the name of that one yeah, <laughs> they yeah. all do different stuff so mm. yeah that that's a big enough i think like hurdle and barrier to me like yeah. it's not easy to access i don't know where to go and then there's an information barrier and it just makes me like i don't want to i would never start something without knowing exactly what i was getting into right so i think that's probably what just i stay in my lane and i enjoy the process and uh I like enjoy just sharing that as well. I think that's part yeah. of the why as well. Like it's my job, it's my career and I share it and people enjoy it. And I think I enjoy that aspect too. So that probably has helped me kind of stay the course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's awesome. And I think you're just, you're just very, very focused on what you're doing, right? You're not really looking around, which is really important, right? It's just, you're not tempted with that because you're just like, Hey, this is what I do. These are the results I expect to get with this. And, and maybe that thought crossed your mind here and there, but you don't ponder it very much you're just like no like this is this is i'm doing the right thing right um and then obviously there's some other factors there but that, i think that's really cool um i know i know what you mean though because i've seen some people who are kind of a similar age to me like kind of in my space from the uk and influencer like influencer like they do their online coaches and they've gone to the enhanced side and i'm yeah. just like wow <laughs> like yeah. that's the sort of like uh, yeah, difference yeah. they can make like they just look like they just basically go three. It's like they go from like 2D to 3D. Right. Um, but right. yeah, nothing. I, it doesn't make me want to like reach out and be like, how do you go about that? Because yeah. I think it's just a like I, I even I got the not to talk about like vaccine, or whatever, but I got the vaccine recently and I yeah. like it was like a useless heap of mess for like 45 minutes after it, just like cold sweats. And like, yeah. I just get so nervous and anxious about like anything. I was like, I couldn't do this stuff. Like yeah, yeah. putting something else in my body. I just get, <clears throat> my body just has this weird reaction. I just think I'm just a super anxious person. So yeah. oh, being yeah, out of control of anything like that, like that's why I love bodybuilding. Cause I'm like, I'm in control. If I control right. these variables, I know this outcome. I think that's probably another element of it. <laughs> like yeah, my, no, that's, that's a, that's a huge part of it too. And, and if you, you know, like this, the enhanced side isn't for everybody in that regard too. Cause you know, I've had to deal with, with the anxieties and those things as I've gotten into it, because I wasn't warned about it and go with it into right. the proper education. And, um, you know, people don't warn you about that stuff. They, they like to, to talk about all the positives of that stuff. And, um, you know, if you're risk adverse, right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of situations where I've been in, right. You use like an underground lab and you get an infection, right. You, yeah. you don't know what you're playing with. So um, again, not to be like negative. I, I, I think these things need to be talked about though um, is, is yeah. And then maybe you're like, Hey, my personality type isn't the best suited for this. And it's awesome that you identified that. Right. Cause a lot of people don't sit down and have that conversation with themselves. They're just like, I want to get here. I want to look like this person. Um, I am, I've not actually sat down and consciously assessed the risks that are involved with doing this thing. Uh, or if this is something that, that I want to do long-term or, or whatever it is, but yeah. yeah, I think partly maybe as well, like I love learning and I always feel like there's something more I can be doing to get more results. Yeah. And I just haven't, I've never been satisfied that I've got enough <laughs> results naturally yeah. to warrant going to the other <laughs> side. <laughs> right. No. And I think, I think optimization is a huge part of it too. I think that's, that's, that's a, you know, being able to get the most, especially out of like, like natural bodybuilding, I think is, is really cool. And I think once you add in another variable, it just, it makes things very convoluted. Right. And it makes things a lot more difficult. There's a lot more variables to control. So, um, so yeah, to get off the enhanced sub subject, I just thought that was really cool. So, and then, um, I don't know if you mentioned this too, revive is the, the name of revive is because, uh, you essentially were, um, you re revived, like you kind of like, uh, you, you got out of the situation that was yeah. you know, dire or, or was seemed like it. And um, you, you, you use that as a way and, and a means to help people. Is that kind of what that? Yeah, it's like, there were, yeah, yeah, essentially I was like depressed, like broken in a really unhealthy place. And I just like to think, I kind of use bodybuilding and this is why, like I love bodybuilding, just using like that training, nutrition, that routine, the emphasis on recovery to build my body and confidence back to a place where like it had never been before. So yeah, that's, that's really where the, that roots. And I apologize for my dog. She's like <laughs> wandering around in the background and oh, making good. noises. <laughs> yeah. 
that's all good. I don't even hear. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, I, so you do run a podcast and, um, I was just curious, like, like what are you've interviewed? How many, how many interviews have you done at this point? Like how many podcasts have you done? I think we're on like episode pre-recorded, like 280 maybe now. Jeez. Yeah. How many, over how many not, years? That, oh, geez. Yeah. When did we start? Um, I think I started it in 2015. Wow. It's like six years roughly. But there's also the improvement season. So I think there's over a hundred episodes of that as well. Yeah. But yeah, just the, the interviews are like the meat and potatoes. Right, right. So, so what made you start the podcast and, and what have you learned from interviewing that many people? Like what are some of the biggest takeaways maybe from speaking to that many people? So I started it initially. I think the first episode might be a Q&A with James and Mike where we did like a live Q&A. And it was basically to promote uh, a seminar that we were running that we ran okay. where we brought James and Mike over for the first time in 2015. And I, I, I didn't really know who these guys were uh, to a huge extent. I knew of RP a little bit. I'd read their book, which I thought was fantastic. The scientific principles of strength training. That was like mind blowing for me at the time. Yeah. And then they came over. So we did a Q and a to kind of like publicize that. And then after that, I actually started doing some podcasts with who was a, a coach on the team at the time who unfortunately had to leave for personal reasons. And we would, I was doing it just, you know, as a way to kind of get our knowledge out further to try and attract like attention and use it as a bit of a marketing tool. But after the seminar I did with Mike and James, there were so many questions for Mike and there was a lot of leftover questions. And I just asked him kind of, do you want to hop on a podcast and we can go over these questions and cover them? And we did it. And I was thinking after it, man, I want to do more of those. And Mike yeah. actually messaged me. I think it was him. He came back and was like, do you want to do that again? And that's where the kind of Q&A with Dr. Mike came in. Yeah. Where we, we used to do them probably a bit more frequent than we do now, but they're still going because uh, they're, they're awesome. And I learned a lot from that. And then after I had Mike on a few times, I kind of built up the confidence to think, oh, Matt, maybe I can have some other guests on and share their knowledge. So I'd been to like seminars with like Brad Schoenfeld, people like this, James Krieger, and kind of talked to them a little bit at those. And so I was like, maybe I'll reach out and see if they want to come on, share some of their knowledge. Yeah. So then they came on and it just kind of went from there. And I was like, man, I just want to have like every evidence-based practitioner on this podcast that I can and spread their knowledge and a kind of that awareness for them uh, and obviously selfishly learn and kind of interact with them it's been yeah. unreal actually to like I always think about someone like Eric Helms who I think about watching Matt Ogus's videos and seeing Eric Helms on there and then being like oh Matt maybe I want to get into natural bodybuilding and then eventually interviewing him and he, him coming on the podcast yeah it's kind of crazy to me even people like Lane Norton who we've now had on it's Lyle McDonald some of my early influences like to then talk to them like one-on-one, -on -one, it's kind of been very humbling uh, and a really cool thing. And then even to the point of which the podcast has grown to like promote, like, for example, like Gabrielle Fondera, I know the podcast really helped her name get out there more. And like to think like, that's great. That's amazing. Yeah, She's incredibly smart. He helps and his career. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's crazy that it's got to that sort of point. And now I use it as like, I still want to, I, I kind of try and search for new people to like bring on who I think are going to add value to it. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise, yeah, you talk to the same people and uh, the same topics get repeated, but I've definitely learned at least that there's always something you can always yeah. talk about something. You can talk about it in a different way. Uh, you can talk about it, uh, parts of it that you haven't spoken about before. Yeah. And someone will always have a different opinion or take on it. Right. Uh, and these are normally the things that are more like minutia one that springs to mind is like resensitization phases or like maintenance phases. They're something that's very much like, yeah, there's some evidence, but also it's not strong evidence. And some people are really like to use them. I know James Krieger likes using them and like volume cycling, obviously Mike. And yeah. then I spoke to Menno literally like the other day and he's like, ah, I think they're probably just more of a waste of time. Like I don't really see yeah. value in them. And I'm like, man, these people at the top of their field, they can disagree on like minutia, but they right. all agree on the core foundational basics yeah exactly so that's probably one of the biggest takeaways is like whenever you feel confused 
draw the lines of where people agree. And that's like the chunk of stuff to focus on. Right. All the stuff that most people focus on where they disagree, like for ages, it was like Eric and Mike disagreed and people loved like this disagreement about <laughs> volume or whatever it might be. Yeah, and It's like, well, that's minutia stuff where we don't have an answer yet. So don't focus on that. Focus on what they do agree with, which is like the principles of hypertrophy, which we all hopefully kind of know. So it definitely got me like principled thinking yeah. and like respecting that you can have a different opinion and it's okay. And people can disagree and don't get stressed about that because that's ultimately not super important. And there's always stuff to learn as well. That's what I'll say. Like I'll bring on a guest and I'll start talking to them like Greg Potter about sleep. And I was just like, God, he's talking about stuff I've never heard before. Yeah. <laughs> there's always something for you to learn. You kind of, yeah. Yeah, quickly get that. You don't go through the Dunning Kruger. You like skip past it and you're like, all right, I know how much I don't know now. Right. right. So uh, yeah, it's it's been very eye opening. So yeah, that that's probably the biggest takeaway from kind of interviewing lots of people. Right. Yeah, that's really important. You said that it's kind of like uh, you know watch watch the trend line and and, and think about the principles. Uh, people will definitely like they'll debate about minutia. I mean, there's still people out there who debate about like things that aren't you know like yeah. minutia like. It's, principles and and obviously those things are generally outliers right like talking about like you know keto being good for fat loss or or all this stuff right people don't understand the actual principles behind the things once you kind of first and foremost understand the principles which i'm sure you had some background from working with matt and and looking into james krieger and all these people then you start talking to these people and you start to notice like you said similarities like what are the things that they're talking about are similar what are these minutia things that they're they're debating and how important are these minutia things that they're debating to my progress, right? Are they, you know, are they the actual like majority? Or are they like, hey, this is like maybe 0.05% of your progress, right? Um, I think that's really important to identify, right? And I also, I'm always just impressed how willing people are to chat. Like you'll reach out to someone who, I don't know, like they might not even know who I am. And yeah. nine times out of 10, they come back to me and they're like, yeah, let's just jump on a podcast. I'm yeah, like, yeah, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like people have asked me, do you pay your guests? Like, how much do they charge? And I'm like, no, 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 I've never, no one's ever charged. Me. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, someone, I ran into some kid at the gym, and he's like, I watch your podcast, and uh, I was like, oh, that's awesome, thank you so much. And then he's like, how do you get like Dr. Mike on? And I was like, I just emailed him. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just sent him a message and say, you want to be on my podcast? I did offer to pay him though, but he wouldn't take oh, it. Oh, did so. you? Yeah. I, I didn't, I never, you know, interviewed people before. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Like, honestly, for their time, I don't mind. Like, but sure. after a while, I like, like, you know, if someone asked me for them to pay, I, I might send them somebody. I don't, I don't really, I'm not uh, adverse to it at all, but because I really, I do always, you know, value people's time in that regard. Right. So like, for if sure. someone was like, Hey, look, my time is worth this much money. I, I respect that always, but yeah, I know it's funny because it's like, but but at the same time, it's promotion, right? It's like even yeah. if, like, say you came on here and just one person heard about it, like that's that's that hour, you know, you could get a client for a year potentially. I mean, you know, just hypothetically, yeah. right? It, that 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 is super valuable. And then if anybody can take anything away from it and learn, you know, you think about like what why you're doing, you know, revive or why I'm doing what I do. Um, it, it's really if I can impact anybody, right? That's that's huge. And a lot of the time, you yeah. can impact more than one person, which is really cool. So. Absolutely. Yeah. The yeah. dream is be uh, Joe Rogan and fly people over yeah, <laughs> to right. interview and be like, yeah, you can fly over first class and you can sit in our lounge and have like, right. all these drinks and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's, and I mean, the impact that that podcast has is, is nuts. In insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Definitely. We're doing our, we're trying to do our part here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, I'll get you off soon. Um, I, I, I wanted to talk to so you. You're in prep right now, which I was surprised. I, I was reading through your post and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's dieting right now. And you're just like, like, yeah, I'll just come on. Like, and I'm like, are you, are you sure? Like, but then I was reading through and you're like, no, this is like the easiest prep I've done. And like, like talk, talk a little bit about how this prep has been. So, you know, I, mean, I don't want to say easy, but it's like, it's been, it's been, you know, you're not dealing with a lot of the, the issues that you, that a lot of people yeah. generally deal with in prep. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, it, it's actually to put it out there. Like I'm surprised how I feel at this point. Like I'm like, if something's wrong, it feels like it's wrong. Like yeah. I shouldn't feel this good. Cause I'm still, I enjoy every day of this and not even enjoy could be uh, misinterpreted, I guess, but I feel better probably day to day than I did at peak mass yeah. still for sure. Like, it, I don't know if wow. you've probably been there, Dylan, like where you're stuffing your face, you just feel lethargic all the Many time. Times. Like you, like actually you look at a meal and you're just, I'm going to vomit if I try and 
put more of that in. Like I, yeah. I got to that point in my mass phases and it's horrendous. Like it was not fun at all. So yeah. right now I'm like, I enjoy every meal. I digest it really well. Like I feel good most of the time. I'm not like super moody. It's starting to come in a little bit where I'm like, I'm a little bit snappy. People piss me off a bit more than they yeah. should. Um, but for the most part, I'm still enjoying and feeling better than I do like at peak mass. So I kind of look at that at least as like a, like at least like things could be way worse. Like I could be at peak mass, which isn't fun. Uh, so, but I've, I've kind of been there with every prep with my first prep, loads of ignorance led to not the greatest prep. And I, I felt really crappy towards the end. Um, my girlfriend who I I'm still with now, she almost left me during that prep because I was oh, that wow. much of like an asshole. We kind of got together during my prep. So she was unaware what it would do. Yeah, I was unaware. Yeah. And like, I don't know, I don't even really remember, but I had like no libido for ages. And I don't even remember us talking about that being a thing. Yeah. So there was things like that. So yeah, that prep was pretty rough and it didn't go that success. Like it went okay. Like, I mean, <laughs> I say it went okay. I, I think I came, my best was like fourth in a novice show and I came like second to last in my other show. So yeah. you can already, I definitely didn't have like the gift for natural bodybuilding. Right. Um, uh, actually it's, on a related note, it makes me laugh when people are like, oh, like that TRT, couldn't that have given you like a boost? I'm like, my first season, I came like last, yeah, you know, like second last in my shot. Yeah. Like I just, you look talk at about, those photos, you would never about, have thought. <laughs> right. Talk about performance enhancing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, then my next prep I did, I basically sided really with caution in terms of like body fat. So I started out a similar body weight to I am now and I only lost like like five like five uh, ten pounds in the end okay and I just started out way lean and stretched out way too long because I was really worried that I'd end up like having to diet off too much fat and it would impact the relationship and stuff so it just was excruciatingly long and unnecessarily long whereas yeah. this time around I kind of fell, fell on that sweet spot where I basically had as many pounds to lose as weeks of prep so I've only actually been in prep now for like a, just over like 12 weeks and okay. I have about 12 weeks till my last show. So just the, the shorter time window was good for me. And I've just got into shape and just followed the course like really well. And I know I can, whereas some people, and like when you compete for the first time, you don't know how long it's going to take. You don't know how you're going to respond. So you need a bit long of a longer timeline. Yeah. But this time I, I just didn't need that. And that was only allowed by starting off prep in a reasonable condition. Right. Um, I was planning like to compete last year and I was going to do like a diet and then maintain and then diet for prep. Right. And what I found was as I did that first diet, I was getting very close to like stage lean already. So I was like, I don't need to do these double like pump prep diets. I need right. to just do one prep diet. That's a not ex excessive amount of time, but a decent amount. So I think I just learned a lot from those two previous preps, the kind of failed prep last year because of COVID came and meant yeah. that I was like, I'm not, I'm not like risking shows being canceled and moved back. And it was yeah, just the same, same what happened here. Yeah. It's, it was just wasn't worth the stress that would have been. So I learned a lot from those and it's just led to where I am now and like matured as a person matured as with my eating behaviors and habits learned a lot as well. Uh, and I guess the only real like big difference is I'm not that you can see it because it's around my waist, but I'm wearing a weighted vest. Yeah. So uh, I've got my 10 kilo vest around my waist at the moment. And um, I wear that for um, 10 hours of my day. Uh, so I transitioned okay. into it. And that kind of came from reading about James Krieger's work. Which yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it based off, I mean, first of all, if you lose weight, it costs less energy to move your body around in space. Right. So you're going to lose mass. like just energy expenditure via that. So you get right. to offset that by adding on the kind of the, the weighted apparel. But then there's also some interesting research in rats and there's not a lot of it, but it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, talking about gravitostat. So this is kind of a mechanism that is similar to leptin where like fat cells release leptin. So you're then you're less hungry. So you lose fat cells, less leptin, more hunger. But by having the weighted apparel, there seems to be something in like the osteocytes in bones where they regulate hunger as well. So if the body yeah. doesn't recognize you weigh less, it's like your appetite and muscle mass retention can be better. Yeah. So like to me right now, like I'm 
I actually have a show this Sunday. So I'm wow. well, like within a less than a week out. Yeah. I have glute striations. I'm looking all right. Very coherent for less than a week out too. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> like my libido still like, it's not amazing, but it's still there. Yeah. Like, for me, that's a huge thing because yeah. my libido tanks normally, even in mini cuts, it will like go really? during a mini cut. Oh. So yeah, the, the weighted vest definitely seems to have added a little bit of just something. I don't know exactly what, cause I'm not like, there's lots of variables that have changed. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're not like a, you're N of one, right. You're not like a, you don't have yeah. a, a, a group. Yeah. And, um, I know Eric Salsazar, I think that's how I say his last name. He's the one who did it with James Krieger. He yep. did the weighted vest stuff. And like, he had crazy, he had like weights, he had weights on like his arms and on his legs and everything. Yeah. Like he did all of it and he had a great response. Um, so like, more and more people are probably going to try this and yeah. we'll see if like there's a gathering amount of at least like uh, anecdote where this weighted apparel seems to be doing people good. But um, yeah, I'm, it, it, it was, I mean, it's not for everyone. I like you, a lot of people yeah. can't commit to standing for the majority of their day and wearing like weighted apparel, but you can get pretty sleek ones, like one that you could wear under like a suit if you needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more workplaces are allowing people to stand and have to standing desks. So uh, yeah, that that's been pretty cool. But yeah, like I said, um, I I just sometimes I get a little bit anxious because I'm like, why do I feel this good? Am I suddenly going to feel awful? Like wake yeah. up one day and just be like, <laughs> now nah, I'm in zombie mode. Yeah, I don't so know. Six see. days, something's got to happen in six days for you to just all of a sudden not feel yeah. good the whole time. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, I actually did the weighted vest experiment. My coach oh, awesome. sent me. Uh, I was working with Stan Efforting at the time and, and Flex, uh, Flex Wheeler. They both kind of just like co-coached me. And uh, Stan sent me that article by James Krieger. Oh, wow. Um, I did not do. Okay. So my prep got cut off by COVID. So that I did a video on it actually, but um, on the weighted apparel, but, um, and, and I'd also did this wrong. I lost way too much weight. And also we were replacing every pound that I lost but I started from a very high body fat. Like I was 285 at the start of this prep. Wow. So, yeah, so uh, I got down to like, I don't know. I think I lost like 45 pounds. So I was wearing 45 pounds at the end of this. It was like yeah, anxiety inducing to put on the weight. Um, I so bet. I have a way of how I want to apply it in the future. It'd probably be on the second dieting phase because, you know, I'll probably cut down from that. Um, and it was like, but it was like, I felt weird. I, I don't know if you've done, have you done this experiment before? It feels weird when you get rid of the weight because you feel like something's okay. missing. I'm sure you, oh, you only wear it for 10 hours a day. Like it's like, I, I have like certain things that I do and it's just like, I'll be sitting down and I'll be like, where's my, like, like for a couple <laughs> weeks, I was like, this feels weird. It feels weird to not sit down with like all this weight on you. Um, so that was a really weird experience, but yeah, I want to actually do it properly this time and not have a super aggressive weight loss. Uh, but yeah, I was doing, I, I had, um, I have it all in my closet. I have the, the, the 12 pound awesome. I think you have. I have a waist one. I also have one where you can oh. put this. I, I bought all of them. Like I have the one where you can put, there's like two pounds sandbags. It looks like a, yeah. a bulletproof vest and you can do that one. Right. Um, and then yeah, I have ankles as well. And because uh, in that article, he said like, you know, he wanted to try to distribute it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, oh, maybe. Oh, I also have a belt too. I bought everything. I have a belt <laughs> that has uh, the sandbags in it as well. That's clever. Yeah. yeah and was... it's funny you were saying practicality though, because I, I was a bartender at the time. So I would put oh. this under my bartending clothes. And at one point I was wearing like everything and I looked like ridiculous. Like, just like, what's wrong with this guy? Like, I mean, I think people thought like my traps were just humongous because I had the <laughs> thing underneath. But uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experiment. So I, that's interesting that, that it seems to have that effect on you. Because um, I, again, I, I couldn't really speak for it very well because the experiment wasn't, I, I think, in the best conditions. Yeah. Um, but, but another thing that you mentioned was like, uh, so, so what, what's your like rate of loss roughly your timeline was 12 week. I'm sorry. What was it for this, this cut? So, yeah, I've been dieting now 12 weeks. I started at 195 pounds and now I'm down, uh, to 175 basically at the moment. Yeah. So my rate of loss has been like pretty decent till this point. Yeah. Uh, like basically pushing like 1% for the first couple of months and then slowed slightly Slowing down. So yeah, yeah, now I'm aiming for like more like half a percent because I'm okay. probably like 95% of the way right. for where I want to be. Uh, so my actual intake in terms of calories, I don't think it's changed or it's even come up from the start. That's so nuts. yeah, I've been on like 300 grams of carbs, over 200 grams of protein, wow. 50, 60 grams of fat the whole time. 
yeah, uh, which has been really great. And now I'm actually having two refeed days a week at like right. three thousand five hundred, like five hundred grams of carbs. Jeez. So it's like <laughs> that's a lot. I'm of hoping, food. yeah, it's a good amount of food for sure. Like, that, I was gonna say, especially for your body weight, that's a lot of food. Like, yeah, I, I mean, with the vest, I guess I'm like at 190 like odd pounds with the vest right. on. So at least that's there. And then I walk on average about 15,000 to 16,000 steps. So it's quite a bit of steps right. um, coming in as well. And then because I'm actually stood for the majority of my day, I guess the standing adds up after a while. Yeah. Um, I decide not to, like I take the normally like at 5 p.m. I take off the vest and I sit down for the rest of the day because yeah. I'm just like, I just, I can't right. stand for the whole day. And yeah, yeah. Like eat dinner, have some concentrated work. Sometimes it gets hard to concentrate standing for that amount of time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then like Netflix, you know, chill out in the evening, that sort of thing. And I'm like, right. if I'm sitting down the whole time, there's no point wearing right, right. the weighted vest. Um, yeah. But yeah, part of the benefit, I guess, of the weighted apparel that I didn't mention is like the energy flux kind of thing or the G flux, some people call it, where it's basically you could be in a thousand calorie deficit, but if you're eating 3000 calories, versus 2000 calories, the person eating 3000 calories is probably going to feel better. They're going to maintain muscle better. So the energy deficit might be the same, but if you're eating more food at the same energy deficit and you're expending more energy, expending more, yeah. they tend to see better results. So I'd say I've seen a benefit of that at least where yeah. keeping my steps nice and high, wearing the, the weighted apparel, that sort of thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it's kind of been successful, but I can't imagine... I've seen some people starting to use the weighted apparel and they're like starting with like 20 kilos. And I'm like, yeah, dude, wow, that's yeah. going to crush you. Like five kilos. I started with five kilos and I was like, oh, I'm going to wear it for the whole day. And I was like crushed in one day just yeah. for five kilos. So yeah, I then the fatigued myself in. The fatigue component is huge there. And I, I wish I would have thought about that at the time. I think looking back, I was like, yeah, like this is a lot. I was just kind of like doing what they initially had said. And I was like, oh, this will keep going with it. But yeah. I mean, try 45 pounds across your body every day. That's horrible. And I didn't yeah. do 10 hours. I did the whole day other than sitting. So that's uh, mad. Yeah. I've seen, I take it off to train, for example, yeah, doing my yeah, posing, absolutely. obviously take it off. I've heard some people keep it on like training and everything. I'm just like, I just, that would impact my training too negatively. I swear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just thought of something really inappropriate. I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Keep it uh, on. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll tell you after. Um, okay. And, um, so what was I going to say? Um, I'm going to get you off here in a sec. Uh, but what was I going to say? Totally lost my train of thought uh, about the prep and you losing weight. So you started fairly lean, relatively not super aggressive weight of rate of loss, weighted apparel as well. No, I think that's it. I mean, I think that's that's really important. So so you, you started a lot leaner. Oh, yeah. Did you do an initial deficit and then you just rode that deficit out until it became, you know, less aggressive rate of loss? And you have you kept your steps the same as well? Yeah, basically kept that all the same. So I basically once I'd lost about the first five kilos. Uh, oh, no, wait. Once I'd lost like between five to ten kilos where I have a five kilo vest and a ten kilo vest. Yeah, I just started transitioning it. So I'd start wearing my ten kilo for half the day. I'd wear the five kilo for the, the other half of the day. And then once I'd lost the 10 kilos of body weight, I just wore the 10 kilo one the whole time. That's the only thing I've manipulated, not doing any cardio training stayed pretty much the same. Uh, and step count has been, yeah, 15 to 16,000 the whole time. Oh, well, on that's average. So yeah. But it allows you to eat more food. Wow. That's, that's crazy. I think that's, that's blasphemy. Cause I think people are like, you have to reduce your food and you have to keep making caloric adjustments like every week. And, you just and done literally, I, and that's so easy too. It's just like do the same thing every day, right? It's just yeah. not like I've in previous preps, my metabolism. Te I tend to have an adaptive metabolism, so the weighted apparel seems to have helped offset that, that by quite yeah. a lot. Wow! So I'm pretty. I didn't with that. I didn't realize it was that um, you know effective for you, Rick. I don't want to say like it's effective for everybody, but I didn't realize it had that big of an impact. Um, I'm, I'm really excited now to try it. I, uh, when I do my next prep coming up, um, to, to give this a try too. Now I, you, I didn't really realize the benefits at the start. So mate, I suppose actually you did, you, you were using it for a long time, but I've seen the benefits like more so now Deeper when you get really lean. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, definitely. And you have kind of have like a, for people who are interested, you have a, like a, you made a infographic kind of like the protocol you're using, right? So yeah. um, that's really, that's really cool too. I'll probably use that. I think the 10 hours sounds a lot more reasonable 
than um every part of the day because it's kind yeah. of a nightmare at that point so yeah yeah you i also just took the approach that like the the benefit of like the gravitostat benefit that sort of thing there's not a lot of evidence there so if it comes to it and it's creating me more stress to like wear it at a certain time or stay standing i just let myself chill out and like hey, yeah. just sit down take another it off. another fatigue component that you don't yeah. need in prep right yeah for sure because i think you know people can get like you yeah yeah you can get over it's like step counts like people are like oh more is better and they're just like i'm gonna walk more 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 and yeah. then it eats like bites in the ass if they right. go too high yeah impact your leg recovery and your your systemic recovery as well yeah yeah that's awesome all right steve I'll, I'll let you get out of here i think this conversation was super insightful um and i i think a lot of people will be able to benefit from it so i really cool. appreciate yeah i appreciate on. you inviting me on it's yeah definitely chat. um if, if you have like you know, where can people find you? Where can they find coaching? Um, and you, I think you were uh, doing the uh, mini cut movement. Um, as yes, well. that it depends when this comes out. It might've already kicked off. Um, that starts on the 16th of okay. August. So this Monday, so it might've already kicked off. Yeah, I might, I might, yeah, we I have, might release the letter. We have the mini cut movement, uh, which is like a group coaching fat, uh, fat loss group. Um, but there'd be another one running in future if people are like kind of Sweet. interested in that. Um, okay. They can find that our member site, our podcast, um, the coaching are revivestronger.com. That should have everything. Yeah. And then I'm revive stronger on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. And if people want to like message me or ask any questions about anything we've talked about, I'm more than happy to yeah have a chat over there. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I want to say a couple things like I, I Steve's uh, social media is awesome. I think you have a great variety of content. I think your infographics are super useful. Like, I mean, for myself, I'll be scrolling through Instagram and I'll be able to learn something and take something away. That's awesome. um, so that, that's huge. I think that's just so awesome. It's like, it's not like you don't have these super draw. I mean, you do have, you explain your posts, but sometimes people put like these, these super drawn out things and, and infographics make it very digestible because I'm not generally speaking when I'm going through Instagram, I'm not going to read, you know, uh, a whole essay. Right. Um, yeah. So if you just, you're just, you're looking through, you can learn something really quick. I also was looking through your blog, amazing articles on there too. A lot of super useful that. stuff, in-depth stuff. And then obviously the podcast is amazing. Um, again, if, if you, if you're trying to, you know, you're, you're interested in, in optimizing your, your results, be, you know, uh, looking at more of an evidence-based approach, if you aren't already, Steve's podcast is amazing for that. And he has every, like, you have so many different people that have been on the podcast from, from Mike Isertel to Jordan Peters. Um, it's, it's just, it's the conversations that are had with some of those roundtables are amazing. So I just wanted to kind of plug that and I will continue to plug that to people who come to me because it, it is such an awesome resource that you provided for people. So I just want to thank you for that. I appreciate that a lot. It's uh, yeah. I'm just so grateful of all those people willing to yeah. like come on and chat. And even if it's only once, like it's great to just have right. those discussions had. Yeah, it's definitely, it's awesome. And, and, and someone had to facilitate it, right? If, if nobody was facilitating it, those conversations wouldn't be had. So yeah, man, I, I, I just want to thank lot. you and, and, uh, and good luck with your show. I'm really excited to see the outcome of that. And, uh, yeah, I am works. as well. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. nervous. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, it, uh, as far as like, uh, your, your prep and everything, I mean, it, it seems like you at least feel the best you have. So I don't think that'll change a whole lot within yeah. a week, but for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah thank awesome. you very much for having me. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah. Keep in touch, man.